Welcome back to the Dickheads podcast. And today, the special episode because, boys, we're talking about the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. They're about three or four days away now. So it's pretty exciting around the sporting world. So we thought we'd better fire up a special edition of the podcast uh, in lockdown as well this morning. So, firstly, welcome as always to you, Shawnee boy, down in, uh, or not in Packham anymore, you're in the eastern suburbs. So, Hello to you, Sean. Yeah, g'day, Robbie. Yeah, a few months removed from from Packingham now, which is which is nice. <laughs> well, mate, that's the, the last time you were actually featured on one of these podcasts was about a few months ago as well, like because you just brushed me and Damo for the last few months. So it's a pleasure to oh, have well, you back. Yeah, it has been a while, but Rob, you and I, we've done we've done a couple of little ones here. For, for anyone listening, if you haven't seen them yet, productivity hacks, or as Rob called, try hacks. Um, revolutionary, I thought, um, and the book club. So, yes, me and Rob, yeah. we uh, did a little book review. There's, there'll be a few more book club uh, videos coming, I reckon. Yeah. A few more on the table. Absol- so absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> I guess Sean, Sean's had a little uh, plug for himself. And uh, of course, there's uh, Damo as well, the heavy hitter and the main man, Trix. So, welcome to you, Damo. It's a pleasure to have you on board. Thanks for having me, Rob. Uh, yeah, I didn't make the uh, book club. I'm still uh, getting through my reading list. So, I might make the next episode. Uh, not as quick as you boys on the books. Mate, haven't you finished Fifty Shades of Grey yet? You're still, you're still trying to get through it, are you? Yeah, struggling with that one. Um, it's a bit, bit hot and heavy for me, that that book. <laughs> I just want to make special mention to Shawnee, though. He has had time to outsource himself to some other podcasts, but not our own. So, oh. a bit dubious there. Oh, that's, uh, that's a contentious topic within the Trix channel as well. So, yeah, we have noticed that Shawnee's going to be a bit of a sort of a John Lennon style. He, he's defected away from the Beatles and he's done his own solo act. What's going on there, Sean? Bit of a uh, pot calling the kettle black there from you, isn't there, Rob, <laughs> saying is you you did one about two months ago and yet to be published, but appeared on the very same podcast that I have. So I don't think you've got much of a foot to stand on. Oh, it's geez, yeah, actually, geez, well, boys, that says a lot about me. I haven't been asked to be on the podcast <laughs> yet, so. And this is your brand, Damo. This is your brainchild, and me and, uh, me and Sean have gone rogue. But I don't know <laughs> what to <laughs> say, boys. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's, let's straighten up. All right, so today we're talking about all things Olympics, and I actually personally like the Olympics a lot. I uh, am sort of basically a typical sports loving Australian and love when the Olympics roll around because you get to watch sports you haven't seen for four years and and you become an expert in basically any sport under the sun so I think I'm not alone here I think Sean and Damo are probably the same boys how much do you love the Olympics I was actually having this conversation with my housemate this morning over breakfast and we're talking about Rio 2016 which we're both still at uni at that point so there's a lot of spare time I think yeah we had it on for four or five hours a day and you really do get invested in those niche events um, that you only get to see when the Olympics are on and uh, thankfully Channel 7 have given you the app now so you can watch all of those uh, sports instead of what's on the main broadcast so yeah it's certainly um, being in lockdown it's I'm looking forward to it might get to actually watch a bit more of it this time around. Absolutely and what about for you Sean what does the Olympics mean to Sean Jessamine? What does it mean to me? Well, I do have some fond <laughs> memories. Um, I guess we were fortunate that when we were at uni, 
um, the Rio games were on. <clears throat> I still remember, Rob, remember uh, the throat. There was me, you and Rian. We used to hire out those rooms in the library and we'd, and we'd play yep. the Olympics on the TV while we're doing our work. Ah, yes. Which, yeah. was, uh, which was always fun. Um, and then, yeah, like even uh, Beijing and, and London before that being in high school was always, you know, you come home from school and straight on the TV mm. and um, pretty much watch it watch it all night. And as you said, you, w- you wouldn't spend any time watching any of those sports if they came up on TV at, at any, any other time. But when it's the Olympics, you're fully invested and you you go a bit nuffy for the, for the Aussies. Yeah, it's absolutely. certainly national pride, isn't it, Shawnee? Yeah, yeah you get into the, the, the archery or the table tennis or judo, yeah. and if there's an Aussie in there, you, you're straight onto it. But any other time, uh, if it was on ESPN4 or one of those obscure channels, <laughs> you'd just uh, skip straight through to Sky Racing, I think. <laughs> ESPN8, the Ocho. Yeah. No, all set up. <laughs> but it is, you are right, though, because it's sort of like the test cricket. Like when the Olympics is on or the Tour de France late at night, you, there's always something to watch and there's always something you can just flick on. And, and as you boys have said, you, the more obscure, the better, I reckon, over the next couple of weeks. So uh, we'll see how we go. But I reckon we'll start off this, this episode. I reckon maybe if we want to discuss our favourite Olympic moments. So what um, when you think of the Olympics, what the, the moments are that you, you know, sort of remember and hold fondly. So... Damo, you want to start us off, mate? You got any uh, fond Olympic memories? Yeah, the, the first one that comes to mind for me is um, Sydney 2000. Um, oddly enough, the soccer was actually hosted in Melbourne uh, for the Sydney Olympics in 2000. And um, coming from a soccer family, we went to the G to watch Australia versus Italy um, in front of 90 plus thousand, which is ridiculous, um, for an Olympic soccer match. But yeah, I don't remember too much. I can't tell you what the scoreline was, but I do remember sitting up in the bleachers of the, uh, Ponsford stand, um, oh, <laughs> cheering along. So yeah, that's probably my first memory of the Olympics. And then sort of moving forward from that probably moves into Athens and Beijing and so on when I was mm. old enough to really understand what was going on. But um, certainly a pretty cool experience to, to go to an Olympics. Mate, you would have been like five. Yeah, <laughs> so I was four or five, yeah. 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 Oh, what's, what's the background with the, the soccer being played at, in Melbourne? Why, why That's a it? really good question. I, I don't think mm. it was all of it, but because there's so many teams, they couldn't host it in all mm. the games in Sydney. Yeah, right. So they, they sent a couple down to Melbourne. It's interesting, isn't it? I suppose the MCG is a pretty good facility to have to play the soccer, even though it's an oval ground. But I always remember soccer. They usually play it a few days earlier, don't they? Don't they usually start the or have a couple of fixtures before the opening ceremony? Or hasn't that happened previously where they start before the games actually commence? Yeah. Have they done that with basketball before as well? They start early because oh, you've got like your group so. stage sort of thing. Yeah. Well, because I know they, I, I distinctly remember they're doing that for soccer for a couple of games. Well, I'm not sure, but. Um, it's interesting because now the Olympics as well in terms of soccer the both we have both Australian teams playing in the Olympics this year which would be a first for a while I'd imagine Damo yeah I think it's the first time the men's team has been in since 2004 I believe they haven't qualified since we entered Asia I believe yeah righto there you go It's, it's exciting times everywhere mate it just brings it back doesn't it yeah, Shawnee, what about you, mate? What are you? You got a couple of favourite moments for us, mate? Have you got one? Um, 
the one that probably sticks out to me was a recent one, but the um, Mac Horton Sun Yang rivalry. <laughs> yes. And I remember, yes. <laughs> I think that was like it obviously blew up again uh, mm. a couple couple of years ago. Yes. Um, yeah. but I think it was sort of getting towards its peak at those Rio games, um, in the four hundred freestyle, and and our our boy Mac just got over the line, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> there were lots of like lots of verbal back and forth i think before before the event and and the chinese uh crowd and the chinese fans like to yeah. like to th- throw some some comments on social media and stuff and they, they're very passionate so it was um i think it was yeah a lot of a lot of pressure and a lot of hype around that event and mac horton winning which um which was good good result i reckon Mac had to disable his Instagram comments after that because of the amount of Chinese um, propaganda he was copying from a lot of uh, Chinese uh, citizens after that. So um, <laughs> it's a pretty big scalp for, for, for Mac Wharton, but that's probably one of our best, I reckon, one of our best memories. But what about, what about like a few years ago? Have we got any from like maybe Sydney or Athens or Beijing or even further back, Damo? You got another one or not? Oh, I mean, if you go to 2000, there's a couple of moments that sort of stick out. Um, again, we were only sort of four or five then, so we probably didn't get to appreciate mm. them at the time. But yeah. you know, if you go back through the history books, you've, you've got to go Kathy Freeman's uh, win, mm. the gold medal. That's huge. That's, that's massive. Anytime, that's, anytime yeah. there's an Olympics montage on Channel 7, I think that's included. Um, Kathy's lifting. Kathy's yeah. lifting. You hear Bruce on the, uh, when she kicks off the bend and he loves it. He's jumping out of the box when he said it. I've also <laughs> seen a few people at uh, fancy dress parties actually don the full body suit as well. Oh, yes, um, yes. So <laughs> that's always good, I think. That's probably the most fond memory of the 2016 Olympics. We actually had a bit of a Olympic steam party at our old oh, place no. and had a few events in the backyard that may have involved a bit of alcohol consumption, but uh, there certainly was a relay involved. I bet there um, was. Yeah, but moving, moving forward from that, I think the other one from Sydney for me is the uh, mm. the 4 by 100 mm. uh, meter gold in the swimming. That was... Um, that was big, wasn't it? That was ridiculous. That's a huge win there. Um, that was a like record broken, clean, wasn't it? Yeah, Clinton yeah. broke the world record in that race. Yeah, I think he, he broke the world because he, I remember he started and broke what the 100 off the blocks, didn't he? Yeah. But they didn't count it because it was in the relay. Um, but yeah, and then I think that's the one where they started strumming the guitars after the uh, after they won, wasn't it, too? Yeah. Because the Americans say they're going to play him like a guitar or whatever. And so when Big Thorpey kicked in a gear and, and rolled them, got out and started strumming the, strumming the guitars. So that's pretty good. That's a, that's a real Australian, you know, stuck it right up on Ted Witten stuff, I reckon. Yeah. Did you boys ever go to um, Science Works when you were a kid and you, there was that Kathy oh, Freeman yes. thing yeah, where you yes. had to race them? Yeah. There's always one, there's always one that still claims they're better too. And, it, and yeah, even though it wouldn't be legitimate, everyone, there's always one person that claims they still knocked her off. So yeah. that, that's, yeah. the, that's the sort of thing you do when you're up. Oh my place. Yeah. <laughs> you know. All right. Well, maybe I'll contribute then because this is falling off the rails. But so my favorite moments were the first one actually is 2012. And it's Anna Mears knocking off Victoria Pendleton in the uh the women's track sprint. And for me, this is outstanding on two fronts, and it's because Anna Mears is a champion, but second of all, she knocked off 
the British Golden Girl, Victoria Pendleton, at her home games. And I think that's always something to be celebrated when you knock off the Poms on their own turf in an event that they're supposed to win. So that was um, that was backs against the wall stuff, which I really liked. And then the one that actually makes me hate the Olympics is Jane Savile. So Sydney 2000, race walking. Jane Savile's about to walk into the stadium and take gold for Australia. Like, it wasn't going to get rolled, wasn't going to get knocked off. And then walks past the final judge and gets disqualified before entering the stadium. So I don't think there's any any greater event that's more heartbreaking in Australian sport than that. And I can't watch it to this day because of how traumatised I am from watching it. <laughs> so they're the two. That red paddle, uh, Rob. That just, yeah, it's the red paddle. That's it. Yeah, mate. And it's just, I still remember a coach going off as well, like throwing chairs and stuff. So that was heartbreaking, but that's the beauty and pain of sport, isn't it? Was the disqualification legitimate or was she like... I don't know. I don't know, mate, because... I don't know enough about race walking to, to tell you, but I just think it was more heartbreaking de- depending on whether it was legitimate or not. So, right. yeah, I don't know, mate, but it's just, yeah, hard to swallow. Yeah, there's, there's been a few... Yeah. <laughs> there's been a few controversies in the uh, race walking since. I, I've seen a bit of stuff on Twitter not that yeah. long ago about um, Jared Talent wasn't very happy with... Uh, yes, yeah. Little, the Russian walkers or Russian, something from, yeah. from the Soviet bloc. Uh, being banned for drugs, yep. but him not actually getting his gold medal. So, yeah, race walking is a pretty contentious sport throughout Absolutely. the Absolutely. Yeah, you wouldn't know, would you? You wouldn't know up until now. But going back to my hockey days and, and when I was working hockey, Jamie Dwyer, when he uh, put in that goal uh, against the Netherlands, I think that was, it would have been like overtime, I reckon, or something. But it was basically a sudden mess sort of set up and the penalty corner flicked in and then he put it in the back of the net. So that was yeah. another one. A big one. For, got the monkey that, off the kookaburra's back. Was watching that one last night, actually, with a bit of research. And geez, <laughs> the, the, old, the old fake shot, that was disgusting. Yeah, they flick it in. Great, great moment. I, oh, mate, that's a classic. And then Because that was, I think there was a bit of pressure on the kookaburras up until then to win a gold, you know, because they'd gotten so close before that. And then finally, um, finally won as well. So that was good. That was a great moment in Australian sport. All right, boys, so now let's move on. So we all know about the sports in the Olympics and there's obscure ones and there's some sports that we don't necessarily think should be in there and, and are lucky to be in there. But what about some sports that aren't in there that should be? Have you guys got any suggestions as to what you think should be added to the next Olympics or even Brisbane if we get it in a few years' time? Yeah. Um, lawn bowls. It's in the Com Games. So it's something that um, <laughs> it could be quite easily made universal, I think. Uh, it's not the most difficult sport to pick up. You could, you know, send some bowls over mm-hmm. to some different countries and someone to teach them. So I think that definitely could be added to the Olympics. So that'd be an interesting one, wouldn't it? Because the age bracket, you don't necessarily have to be a 25-year-old to 30-year-old athlete. Like you could still be, you know, a prime performer in your 50s and 60s, couldn't you? I still remember the lawn bowls. Huh. I don't know if it is hmm. now, but I remember when I was a kid, it was always on the ABC like yeah, middle yeah. of a Saturday afternoon or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. I swear it was in the Melbourne. It was in the Melbourne Commonwealth Games. I swear. No, was it, it was. It was, it was in yeah. the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it still is. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. But I actually yeah, went to mate. school with someone that represented Australia at the Com Games in lawn bowls. <laughs> so there you go. But like, what? How do you reckon America would go in the lawn bowls, or China, or Russia? Like, do you reckon they'd get around it or not? 
Oh, they would invest 100% in it. If it's at the Olympics, I'd get involved. You reckon that'd be an ESPN 8, the Ocho sort of setup with the lawn bowls on there? Or You know, there's actually, it's on Fox Sports now. It's Premier League Bowls. It's a full setup. Yeah. They actually have a thing. Well, and... well, there's clearly pathways there, Damon. So maybe we should sort of have a look and see whether we can get that into Brisbane. Imagine that. We'll contact the IOC afterwards. <laughs> I'm sure Sean's got a few contacts there. Have you got any, any suggestions, Sean, for this? Well, I guess on the on the back of your ESPN the Ocho comment, I reckon dodgeball would be a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, mate, that'd be what good. You, to, yeah. yeah, that'd it be good be. to watch. I reckon. Is there any is there anybody from like an Australian athlete now that you reckon would have a cannon of an arm that you you have to pick? Like I know that's a that's a question without notice. But is there anyone with a rifle arm you reckon you'd, you'd want to pick in the Australian dodgeball team? I don't know because we don't have that many like throwing sports that are mm. like really um, popular in Australia. Like besides cricket, like with fielding, yeah. we don't have like any like like baseball, like and a, softball, and that sort of thing. Yeah. That's not like, super popular. Like a Dave you know? Dave Warner sort of setup, you reckon? Like a, a ping at the stumps or bring back Ricky Ponting just for like yeah. a short arm jab somewhere or <laughs> even know, Bogut. It's a, it's a bigger ball Andrew as Bogut. well. Andrew yeah. Bogut, mate, he's too big of a target. Andrew Bogut. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm he, thinking yeah, cannon. I'm thinking someone like Maxwell or Big Stoyness. Big Stoyness has a oh, bit of a canner on him, but he's, he's probably like, he doesn't, he's not very uh, mobile and agile in terms of dodging yeah. the ball, I don't think. I, I think a baseballer might be the way to go. Like a pitcher would have a rocket arm, but I don't know if we've got any yeah. uh, top quality baseballers. Just with uh, lawn bowls as well, like 10 pin bowling could be a good one. Yeah, actually, that's probably got more universal application, doesn't it? Like that's, that's a sport that's played pretty globally, isn't it? Mm. Oh, yeah, in, in my head right now, I'm just that. thinking of that bloke. Do you know yeah. who I am? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I said I'd do it. <laughs> yeah. That's who I thought. Yeah. Of. yeah. That's, well, that's a good one. Yeah. You, can, you can have like a qualifying tournament on Wii Bowling as well. So if you, if you bowl a perfect game in Wii Bowling, you get to go to the Olympics. That could be a nice little hybrid with esports, Damon. Well, surely, like, some of these events, I mean, this is a little bit off the topic of sports to add, but surely they could have been done remotely, like, from your home country, like something like the archery or the shooting or something where you don't actually have to physically be there against your That's opponent. That's interesting. That's it could interesting. could have been done, like, over Zoom. That's interesting. I don't mind that. Of course, how many, like, you'd be able to rig that something shocking, wouldn't you? Well, Can I you think, imagine if, running if, the 100-metre sprint oh, by yeah. yourself <laughs> on Zoom? <laughs> Yeah, imagine like this starting introductions. Like you'd have like you'd be waving to no one at your local athletics park. <laughs> That'd be outstanding. Yeah, well, that's not bad. What about um the, imagine there's a bit of lag time on the gun. That's not a bad idea for you, Dan. That's an interesting point. Should uh we should get some sort of further discussion around that. An e-virtual Olympics in your home country, home isolation Olympics. Maybe we could do some of your home uh like some of your alcohol-related uh, relays at the home come with a few sort of activities. We'll, we'll take it to the drawing board. We might bring it back in a yeah. up-late edition of Triax. Oh, hot dogs up late. <laughs> um, How about yourself, about Rob? What about sports well, for you to add? Netball. Netball. Like, honestly, between us and New Zealand, we there's a gold and silver there for sure. We're just waiting to be had. And I think that's what you need to think about is chucking these sports in, you need to sort of upset the Yanks and the Chinese and the Russians. And netball would be a good way to do that, I reckon. Although if, if America was fed income, they'd be able to put together a pretty decent team, I reckon. 
Yeah, I, I feel like if you added these sports or you gave them like eight or ten years notice that it's coming mm. in, so let's say Brisbane 2032, yeah, um, the machine factories in China and Russia would be creating some athletes that could play that sport. Mm. Give them mm. ten years and they'll they'll create a world dominating team. I think. Yeah, I I agree, I agree absolutely, and obviously I couldn't replicate the standard we have here in terms of netball, but like, could you imagine like? Someone like a college basketball athlete who you know didn't make it to the WNBA or wherever it might be playing netball, like there'd still be a lot of transfer of skill there that would be pretty deadly, I reckon. Well, it actually was called uh, women's basketball for a long time, netball in, oh, in those yeah, countries. Okay. So yeah, in in Canada, America, uh, women's basketball was actually essentially netball, and then it only mm. transitioned in the seventies or eighties. So yeah, right. Um, I feel like. The sport's been there before. It's just a matter of reigniting it. Absolutely. Beautiful. Just one last one from me um, on the sports oh. to add. Uh, darts. I mean, oh. it would it would pull a huge crowd and it'd be loud. <laughs> and it, it's, not, it's no different to shooting or archery. It's just in a smaller yeah. version. And again, oh. any person from any country could pick it up. 180. How good would that be? How good would that be? Like, that would be the hottest ticket in town. That would be just outstanding in some massive beer hall somewhere. How good would that be? Hey? Just that they could have it at Suncorp. There you go. Yeah. Oh, Suncorp. That's, that's, that's what event that's... they could have at 2032 yeah. at Suncorp. There you go. Jeez, mate, you can even just block off Caxton Street and just, just find the biggest bar there and just have the heats in there and, and then have the final at Suncorp. Imagine that. Again, it's it's a sport for all. Anyone could enter. <laughs> One hundred and eighty, and then Johnny's going to cut this part out. <laughs> no, I don't reckon I will. <laughs> I don't think anyone's got this far through the podcast before, so I think. Nah, be exactly. Well. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. All right. Uh, okay. So now we've sort of spoken about the uh, the light hard ones, and I'm sure Sean will send his suggestions to the IRC regarding the sports for at least Brisbane in 2032. But what about some of the sports you'd like to work in, boys, as practitioners? Like, what is one Olympic sport that you think, geez, that'd be good good to be involved in? Is there any particular at the moment? Um, basketball for me, just because mm. like I enjoy watching basketball, just like the NBA and uh, NBL and that sort of thing. Um, so that'd be, that'd be good to work in at the, on the world stage. So especially going up against like a team like USA, um, like if you could knock them off, that'd be, that'd be pretty good, I reckon. Um, mm. And then I guess um, I reckon being involved with like track sprinters. So like in the yeah. athletics, like the hundred meter, 200 meter, like the relays and that sort of thing, that'd be pretty pretty interesting like there's um like a little bit of crossover in what we do um as like strength and conditioning coaches with like running technique and running efficiency and that sort of thing so um but work like being able to work with the fastest athletes in the world would be very very interesting i think absolutely you couldn't you couldn't go wrong with that could you what about you damo uh i'd stick with my team-based sort of setting and yep. I'd either go the rugby sevens. I think that'd be an awesome one. Ah, yes. yep. High speed, high strength, um, pretty exciting sports. I'd be 
um, not too different to what we currently do really, but um, would be really interesting. And then one from left field for me, because as we've said, we really like the obscure sports at the Olympics would be handball. Used to always play it at primary school. Yeah, okay. Um, that was the, go- the go-to sport in PE for primary school and high school. And I think it'd be a cool sport to be involved in. Yeah, handball's elite. I remember playing that in yeah. high school, but PE. That was like always good fun, handball. Yeah. We've Would only been reckon- to the Olympics once for that sport, boys. 2000. Oh, because we were the home team. So all your teams automatically qualify, don't they? Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. Maybe we could have some dual Olympians in the one game because they, when they're done playing handball, they could go play dodgeball as well. There you go. Because that's surely there's a lot of transfer there, Damon. You'd think so. There's a little bit of that. Like cannon arms, you know, I'm sure you'd be able to knock off the uh, Globo Gym Purple Cobras with a couple of handball athletes. I think the goalkeeper would be very good at evading. Have you seen them do the full star jumps and stuff like that? I think they'd be great at dodgeball. Yeah, that's a good one, actually, Damo. That's a really good one. And again, because, and it's not something you think about because, as you said, Australia really hasn't qualified for that. So we haven't got the exposure to it. So, but that's a massive European game, isn't it? How about yourself, Rob? What, where would you want to work? Uh, I'm similar with Sean, I think, in terms of basketball. Basketball is always a passion of mine. And, and it would be an unbelievable experience to see a medal or to be a part of a, a medal winning team there. And, and I think as Sean sort of alluded to as well, trying to knock off the Americans, imagine that. Like that would be uh, an absolutely unreal career highlight that I don't think would be um, rivaled in too many other places, to be honest. So that would be very cool, I'd say. All right, boys. So who are the Aussies to watch out for in the Olympics? There's a few gold medal chances running around, but I know you guys are pretty astute form analysts. So who, who should we be looking out for in the next couple of weeks that may do Australia proud? I was just going to shout out and make this segment uh, Triax Tips. Damon is very happy with that. Far away, Rob. Give us some Triax Tips for the Olympics. All right. Well, I'll go a bit of an obscure one. I'm not sure about obscure, how obscure this is, but Liz Clay is an interesting name. So she's a 100-meter hurdler. Um, so similar or same event as what um, Sally Pearson won in London, but she's come into some pretty decent form lately, running some pretty decent times uh, under 13 seconds for the hurdle. So I think her PB would be good enough to get in the final, uh, the Olympic final or last Olympics finals anyway. So I think she's one to look out for. She might be a bit of a smoky for a final, not sure about medal chances, but definitely have a look out for her in the hurdles and the athletics. Shawnee. I guess probably not too obscure, but it's hard to go past the uh, the Boomers um, mm. and the Opals, both basketball, men's and women's. They both knocked off USA, albeit in exhibition games, but um, yeah. in good form, both teams. And um, despite arguably both teams losing what could be their best player, um, mm. they still should have a, have a decent shot at a medal, I would think. Absolutely, I think this is this is the writings on the wall for the Boomers. Like this is going to be their time because they've they've come fourth the Olympics, I reckon, four times, and then fourth at the World Champs one time as well. So, I think it's medal time for the uh, the Boomers, and I think the Opals are usually a lock to get at least the silver. So we'll see how we go there. I mean, I think um, Ash Barty's another one. 
coming yep. off the her Wimbledon victories, so she's in good form as well. Um, hopefully, she can she can snag a medal. Although, when was the last time we got a medal in the in the in tennis for tennis? Just uh, so the last female in singles would have been Alicia Molik bronze in Athens two thousand four. And I reckon maybe before that, men's doubles would have been the Woodford, Woodbridge and Woodford. So they got silver at Sydney and gold at Atlanta uh, in doubles. But yeah, I don't, I can't remember any others before that, to be honest. What about so, Phil Pousis, yeah. do you ever, you ever get a medal? The Scud. No, I don't think the Scud. I think he was on the uh, Looking for Love show by then. So oh, was he? Um, I'm not sure the Scud was uh, serving too many aces on the court by then. Um, so yeah, nah. <laughs> where are you, Dave? You got one? Yeah, I gotta go probably out to the more obscure events here, or just yep. not uh, our big metal hopes. Um, well, actually, Jess Fox, Canoe Slalom. Yeah, um, I think she's yep. definitely a, a hot chance for a medal, um, in, in her preferred events there. So she has got silver at the Olympics before, so yeah, I think it was the youngest silver medalist as well. So, um, She's a good shot. Uh, Nicola McDermott in the female high jump. She cleared two metres in qualifying. First Australian woman to do that. So I think she'll, um, if she's on fire at the Olympics, do quite well. Um, And then the women's rugby sevens. They gold medaled at Rio. Mm. So I think they'll they'll go again pretty pretty well. They should medal. Absolutely, for sure. And then I think the the athletics is actually a pretty good good little contingent there because you've got, also got uh, Rowan Browning in the 100, the men's 100. So that'd be uh, a pretty good achievement to actually get a shine male in the 100 um, in terms of – and he's running a pretty good time too, uh, Australian champs. So that's a great result there. And then there's also the other Rowan as well, but he's on the, he's on the cycling or he's on the bike. And that's Rowan Dennis. So he was, I think, 2018, 2019 road or individual time trial tramp time trial tramp <laughs> individual time trial champ uh, a couple of years ago so I reckon he's, he's a good chance to, to get a medal as well yeah um, I think he, he he stacked just before yeah. Rio games and didn't didn't medal because of that so I think yeah this, if his bike something happened, something happened to his bike I reckon as well whenever these last Olympics appearance I swear he had a mechanical fault or something with his bike but yeah um, but that's but uh, there is one though this is actually a big head to head Australia versus America, and that is in the swimming. It's Ariane Titmus versus Katie Ledecky in the 200, the 400, and then probably the 4 by 200 meter relay as well. That's a blockbuster. So Titmus is the fastest in the world at the moment. Ledecky's about second off her. So I reckon that's popcorn viewing, Sean. Mm. Popcorn Prime viewing. Time. Prime time too with the time zone difference. From Absolutely, Tokyo. for sure. Yeah, the swimming the swimming's always, they've got the... The big head-to-heads. There's a lot of mm. lot of rivalries over the years with um, Australia and the USA in the swimming. Usually, two of the two of the top countries um, to win to win medals. And as you said, Damo, the Tokyo time zone works out very well for us, doesn't it? Mm. Absolutely. I remember. Do you remember back in the day though that Beijing they swapped around the heats and the, the finals for swimming because of the American broadcast? So they they swam the the finals in the morning and the heats at night. And so it surprised that, me. That, that's what happened anyway in Beijing. So it's good to see that it's uh, um, a more time-friendly slot for us as well. Definitely. No, no Sun Yang versus Mac Horton, unfortunately, this Olympics. 
<laughs> is Eric the Eel swimming this this uh, this Olympics or not? He can get a run. <laughs> he'll he'll definitely get a mention or a montage in the the footage at some point. Uh, yeah. uh, and then also I'd like to pay homage just to my uh, my um my first love in, in team sports in the Olympics. That's field hockey. I reckon both the uh, the hockey roos and the kookaburras are a pretty good chance at snagging a medal. So. Hopefully uh, they can you know, get the gold, and the men are ranked number one at the moment, so they should be there or thereabouts again. Um, so hopefully they can recapture some J- Jamie Dwyer stuff from the top of the circle demo. Yeah, fingers crossed, Matt. Fingers crossed. Yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> All right, and so there's maybe we should give a special mention as well because there's a couple of pretty decent achievements here, demo and. And the first one goes out to a senior gentleman now who's riding at his what Olympics is this seventh one? seventh Olympic seventh. games seventh and of course we're speaking of Andrew Hoy. So do you know a bit about Andrew Hoy, Damo, or like what's his background? Yeah, uh, he's in the equestrian, Rob. Um, yes. Again, this is just some research I was doing for this episode of the mm. podcast. Uh, he's. Yeah, it's the most Olympic Games for any Australian. Uh, so mm-hmm. the seventh one here. He's done quite well along the way. He's picked up a few medals. So uh, yep. I'm not sure exactly of how he's looking for this one. But um, yeah, mm. he's in seventh game. So hopefully he can snag another medal. Absolutely. One gold at the team equestrian in Sydney as well, the Australian team. So he was a part of that. Shawnee, what's your knowledge of the form in the equestrian? Have you got any uh, knowledge as to who's the... The, the race you got favourite to take home gold there? No, nah, I probably can't give you any uh, insights on that one, unfortunately, mate. Um, mate surely I'll, from, just, um, surely I'll get on to t- Tony Brassel or Gator. They might have some tips <laughs> for the question. <laughs> oh, if you watch Sky Racing, you'll love that gag. That's outstanding from Dave, though, as well. So, yeah, <laughs> it's too good. But, Dave, mate, there is something special close to your heart from Maui as well. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so in the Matildas, um, goalkeeper, not sure if she'll start, but she's definitely in the squad, Tegan Micah, um, making her Olympics debut. So um, a fellow person from Maui. So best of luck, Tegan, and good luck. Uh, hopefully there's a medal there for the Matildas. Beautifully done. Outstanding. All right, so maybe we should wrap this up with a bit more serious discussion. And the elephant in the room regarding the Olympics is obviously COVID. And the few, well, the, the situation surrounding actually running this event, and that includes not having a crowd at all. So that's pretty big for an Olympics and pretty big for athletes as well. So firstly, maybe Shawnee, how do we feel that there's no crowds in the Olympics? How does that sort of make you feel? Um, well, I guess given the circumstances, I think it's probably necessary. Um, mm. Probably can't have people coming in from all different countries. And if you're only going to have... I think the the over, overwhelming sort of opinion um, from what I've heard on, and read about the the residents of Tokyo and and Japan as a whole is that they're not too keen on actually having the Olympics. Um, yeah. So it's probably yeah probably necessary not to not to have the crowds, but it'll be an interesting dynamic. I think we, we've already seen it in you know sports here and and all over the world that there hasn't been crowds and it's gives a very um, eerie atmosphere. But I don't think it's something that we're foreign to anymore. I think mm. as, as viewers, I don't think it's going to make too much of a difference to us. The, the main question will be, you know, for those athletes and teams that feed off, you know, crowd energy and that sort of thing, whether they can sort of 
brush brush it behind them and deal with it or or if they'll their performance will will drop it all and so and so sean just said about athletes and how do you reckon that'll affect them well, I mean, if you're like any local cricketer, you probably never played in front of a crowd, so it wouldn't make much difference then. But no, I think it'll make, I think, I think it'll make, um, like, like Shawnee said, for those athletes that are in those sports that, you know, really thrive on, on the pump up. So like the hundred meters or, um, you know, your long jump or your triple jump where, you know, the crowd really gets behind someone. Uh, I think it'll be very different for them. It'll be interesting to see what they do if they trial something similar to what they've done like when they've had sport on TV where they add in like a crowd noise, like I'm not sure if they'll run mm. that through the loudspeaker or something at the event or we'll try the old North Korean tactic and put some cardboard people in the crowd. I'm not sure just to make it look like there's people there, but mm. um, I think if you're an athlete, you've prepared, you're ready to go. I mean, you train, you don't train in front of anyone. So I think it's just replicating that really. Um, and they're probably just really happy to be there. So um, crowd or no crowd, they're just going to give it their best, aren't they? Absolutely. How do we, do you reckon that's less pressure then? Do you reckon there's less pressure on the athletes then? Or how do you reckon that would affect you? Like if you're, you know, if this is your first Olympics and you're rocking up, there's no one there. Do you reckon that's easier for you as an athlete? Or like, how do you reckon you go about it? I think there's more pressure given the, the current state of the world. Like the athletes that are going to the Olympics are, the privileged few, especially mm. coming from Australia, they're actually allowed to go out and uh, do that. You know, most of the country's in a lockdown at the moment or under some sort of restrictions. I feel like there's that sure. added pressure of you're able to do what you want to do and um, participate in that event and sort of have those freedoms. So I feel like there's, there's that added pressure of the, the community, probably one, they're all at home watching TV. So there's that pressure of everyone at home sort of, expecting something big from you because you've been fortunate enough to go there. So I think there might be actually added pressure. And then the fact that you don't have the support of your family and your friends and all that there as well, that would normally probably fly over. So there's that, um, that added pressure on you as well mm. to deal with being away by yourself as well. I wonder if there's that element of almost familiarity because there's no crowds that, that they would have performed in those similar um environments whether during training or mm -hmm. tournaments there's probably not going to be like a, a raucous crowd like there would be at the olympics so i think if anything the olympics with a crowd would provide that environment that they're not used to mm. yeah that's interesting yeah, and that's another pretty credible point there shawnee too that but i think damo like what you said i think that's an interesting point about how like these athletes are in a privileged situation about going you know getting vaccines as well, like being pushed to the front of the queue and getting a jab to go and compete. So I think that's interesting and and maybe a different sort of pressure than what they'd have otherwise, I guess, maybe in terms of how they're feeling. Obviously, that's speculation, of course, but I think one thing, for, one thing is for certain is that we probably won't have the uh, fiasco like the Sierra Leone athletes from the Commonwealth Games here a few years ago when a few of them went missing after they competed and uh, tried to stay here for a bit longer. So... I think uh, they might dodge that bullet. All right, boys, now we're going to wrap this one up. But I haven't put this on the run sheet, so this is this is completely riding by the seat of our pants here. I want one lock for a gold medal from Australia from each of you, and it can't be the same. So, Sean, what is your lock, your gold medal lock for Australia? I'll go, we'll go Jess Fox. 
Oh, okay. Yep. Jess Fox in the canoe for Sean. Um, but she's hurts. in a couple of events though. She's just, I reckon Jess Fox is in two different events. Maybe actually no. Like, she just has to win one gold medal. So that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Damo. This is. It has to be a gold medal. It can't yeah. be like. Okay. Mm. All right. I'm gonna go. Ariane Titmus. Oh. Two hundred meters. Oh come on, come on! That was mine. Oh, you're joking. You are joking. Uh, so that that puts me out a little bit, to be honest. Uh, I don't know who else I can go. I, I guess I could, I could go Titmus in the four hundred as well, but I think I might go Kaylee McKeon. I think it's is it McCowan? McKeon, McKeon, McEwen, 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 Kaylee McEwen. Event is it McEwen? Uh, we'll go 100 backstroke. I think she's the uh, world leader in that, so I reckon she'd probably get the job done there. But my saver will be the uh, Kookaburras field hockey team for gold. So we'll go from there. But now, so what's going to happen is if one of our gold medal chances doesn't actually win, then there will be some sort of dare or publicly embarrassing event that one of the members of the, the trike team have to uh, undergo and we'll put it live on Facebook and then Instagram and stuff as well. So that's yet to be determined, but it will be an Olympic theme as well. So uh, just just tune in for that. Interesting. <laughs> you like that? This one out of nowhere, Rob. Yeah, I don't I know. I might I, have I, to. I, I might have to revise my um, my pick. I don't know. All right, boys. Well, I reckon that might wrap us up for today's episode. And and thanks for for jumping on in lockdown. Now it's been an interesting time for all of us down here in Melbourne. So. Thanks for coming on and appreciate your humor as always. And it's always good to, to catch up and, and, and talk a bit of smack. So thanks to you, Shawnee, for jumping on. Hey, thanks, Rob. Thanks, Damo. And of course, thank you to you, Damo, the, uh, the pillar that holds this group together. Uh, no problems, Rob. It's always a pleasure. Uh, Absolutely. A few good laughs. Hopefully a nice little multi there if uh, Gator and Brassel uh, help us out there. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and we also will have links to the petition to get Damo on a third-party podcast as well. So if you'd like to sign that or if you know anyone that would love Damo on as a guest, then please get in touch with us as well because he's missing out. So thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you soon with some one-year anniversary content as well from the Trikes team. So goodbye for now and, and come on, Aussie, come on. <laughs>